0: Hi, friend. Glad to have you back. Episode 10. It seems like only yesterday. This week's episode is something a bit different. In that this guest and I have never met. We're heading back across that big pond to London for a first friend's date. Harry and I began chatting on Instagram a few months ago after I attended a virtual Christmas Day dance party they organized with a group of other queer DJs called Queer House Party. Queer House Party grew out of a creative response to the pandemic lockdown where queer parties and clubs were forced to shutter. So they came up with a plan to live stream the club right on into your home. I feel drawn to queer house parties' intersectionality, inclusivity, advocacy, and activism. Just a note, we were figuring out a small audio issue during recording, and our conversation reflects that a bit through the start. Here's my conversation with Harry.
1: So how are you? How am I? Hmm, good question. Overall, I'd say I'm really good. Um, lockdown is starting to get to me a lot. Um, I don't know what it's like where you are, but in London, it's pretty grim. Um, uh-huh. There kind of seems to be no end at the moment. So right. we don't know when we're going to come out of it. I'm still- I'm
0: sorry, I just want to stop you for a second. You're yeah. really light. Um, okay. So I want to see if we can't turn up your... Audio some Right. Okay. Oh great. You're great now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're a little mouse ish. <laughs> <What? laughs>
1: no worries at all. I'm glad we sorted that. Great. Uh, where was I? Um
0: So you're saying <laughs> how are you?
1: <laughs> okay. Lockdown is difficult. We don't know when it's gonna end. Um it's just pretty grim in London. The weather's awful. Um, nothing's open. I'm still going to work. Um, Uh So that's kind of the saving grace of it. Always that I still get to leave the house. But apart from that, yeah, it's a difficult time. Mm -hmm. Now,
0: when you you say nothing's open, um, does that include like dining, like no outdoor dining? You still have like essential things like you can go to the grocery store.
1: That's it that's all we have yeah um we can meet up to one person so you're allowed to meet one person outdoors for no more than an hour
0: so well that's ideal for me as an introvert (laughs) (laughs) i mean that sounds like the, the right thing there are a lot
1: of people that are thriving yeah i think it's just been a long time now i think even for introverts there comes a point though where you just want a little bit of a sense of normality um yeah, who knows? I I have no idea what's going to happen. That's the other thing as well. Everyone's got different opinions and guesses of when yeah. we're meant to be coming out of lockdown and having a little bit mm. of normality, but not for a while.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, things here um, I don't think are... I mean, they're from what you've described, they're not like london i mean we have we have outdoor dining. We did have indoor dining, which was just a terrible idea at some point in the fall, and then they were the numbers of course skyrocketed, so they got rid of that. um, but we do have outdoor dining, although so they created all these like weird sort of like I mean, they look like hazmat tents. I feel like we're in some weird zombie apocalypse movie. <laughs> and everyone's like going to triage in these hazmat tents. And they have like the the like furnaces, you know, those like tall sort of car- furnaces. I don't know if they run on kerosene or whatever. But they're like inside these plastic tents, which to me sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. This is this
1: where you were eating? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That doesn't sound good. <laughs>
0: Well, they don't smell good, but not even about them smelling. I mean, like, Lord knows one of those takes flight and, like, that whole tent's going to, like, melt <laughs> melt plastic all over everyone eating.
1: <laughs> no, I, I think what happened here is in December, they really relaxed lockdown, and there was, like, the government put in place this policy, which was, like, eat out to help out and encouraged everyone to go to restaurants and see their friends and go to pubs. And then things just got as bad as they are now. Um, so, yeah... If, I don't know what. Yeah. It, I, I'm obviously happy that we're doing this and I'm really happy that we're taking it a bit more seriously now because I want people to not die um and get sick. So, as much as I hate it and I'm very much over it, like I respect it and I understand. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, this is. Um... Oh, hold on one second. Okay. This is the first time that I'm doing this for the podcast. It's quite different because we've actually we've never met
1: in in person. Yeah. Um Yeah, and um, we will see how it goes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, if we hate each other by the end of this, we're never, we're never fucking meeting. That's <laughs> gonna be like the end of that. <laughs> um, but I wanted to, I wanted to chat with you and bring you on to the podcast because I've been following well, your account. And then also I think I came to your Instagram account through Queer House Party. And I don't know how I got to Queer House Party, but just somewhere in the matrices of Instagram, I landed on it. And then I was um, quite interested in, in what you all were doing. Um you know, essentially throwing these house parties, but virtually. Yes. So it kind of has this sort of like multi-geolocational thing streaming into people's homes where they can kind of like, yeah. Um, And I tuned into the one on Christmas
1: Day, I believe. We're very committed. Christmas Day party
0: well well you know the whole i think some of the language that you use on instagram was for people that you know are triggered around the holidays or they they would rather spend the time with their chosen family over if the option was presented you know over another situation so i was actually in my family's house <laughs> i was my family i went back to i went back east um to the east coast my parents live near philadelphia And I was like sitting watching people unwrap presence why i'm i'm like have my earbuds in and i'm like watching y'all's thing on uh, i think it was zoom, yeah, zoom. <laughs> and it was yeah so i was multitasking so i was both like with chosen family and with my family at the same time and i i had a i had a lot of fun and that fucking music was great
1: oh that's good it was
0: giving it was giving me some throwbacks i was like oh wait a minute <laughs> i was like y'all are a lot younger than me how do you know half of this shit <laughs>
1: That's an interesting question. I think I don't know where we find out we'll find all of our music. There's definitely a really good mix of genres. Um to that. And there's three of us, the three of us that run it, obviously as well. Um Christmas Day was a good one. I can't even remember who performed now. It feels like a lifetime ago. Did you see any of the performances? I only saw the DJ sets. Hmm. Um yeah. I think the whole idea behind doing it on Christmas Day, as you said, was talking about how queer people around the holiday period already struggle and this year being so much harder because lots of people are isolating on their own. There was some weird option for people to like go back and see their families on Christmas Day and um, that was people's biological families and, as we now know, that was a horrible idea. <laughs> so it was also, I think, a big part of what we do is also trying to encourage people to stay at home and as much as it does suck Mm -hmm. um you can still access i don't know a queer space even if yeah uh, even if you're just stuck at home
0: well you okay now correct me if i'm wrong but you started doing this with career house party
1: online like at the top of the
0: pandemic right back in march yeah
1: it was it, it was the first friday that we went into lockdown. So it was right at the beginning. Um, I lived with two other DJs and I was sort of working set up. My life before the pandemic was ridiculous. I was sort of trained to be a social worker. I was doing overnight shifts at a uh, homeless shelter and I was also DJing at least one or two nights a week. So it was just hectic. And DJing sort of funded my social work masters. Um, and then throughout the right. March all of my bookings just started to drop and I know that shouldn't have been the thing that I was focusing on but I was like shit I need to pay my rent um, so it kind of did start just the three of us coming together as three DJs and we were just like okay let's try and make some money online let's just do a zoom party and see what happens um, it's obviously evolved beyond that so much more and I think that's there's lots mm-hmm. of different reasons for that. I think, yeah, it started off as a way of us being like, hey, everything is bad and nothing at the moment. No one's like been able to like put a positive spin on what is happening. Um and then it it, it was kind of like, is this really insensitive to like put out loads of promo around a party when everything's like on fire? Um mm-hmm. and people just really fucking appreciated it and people were just like, thank God there's something not only to look forward to, but like they're, they're, mm. it, this isn't the end of everything. Um, we could still be in a queer space, have a good time and do all the ridiculous things that make life worth living. Um, so that's kind mm-hmm. of how it started. Um, between the three of us, we had a really, really bad setup. I think we all like bought like rusty cables. I had an old controller. Our tech. It's never been the best, but we are like a, a bunch of like crusty activists, and we do like <laughs> to we do everything like in the spirit of DIY. Uh, we're not right shining, we're not professional, but I think that's why people love us as well because um we are very different to a lot of the content that's being put out was being put out online at mm-hmm. the time, which was mainly focused on "Hi, I am this person, and everyone is going to watch me." um like create some music or, or do a performance which of course is brilliant but like i think what people needed more than ever at that point was to feel part of something And i think that's why mm-hmm. zoom has worked out so well and we've like hijacked this corporate platform to run a queer party And we also run a strip yeah. club um which feels good <laughs> um so yeah that's how, kind of how it started it was sort of we wanted to do something. I'm a workaholic, so I was like, I need to do something now. Um, and also, we need to make cash because we were living in a really, really overpriced house share in Southeast London. And I was like, we need to mm-hmm. pay our rent and we've all lost out on our work. So that mm-hmm. was the idea behind it right at the beginning. Now, I lived in Southeast London when I went to Goldsmiths. Oh, yeah. So we were in New Cross.
0: I was in. I was near New Cross. I was on the off Lewisham. Um, at the, it was the student housing. I can't remember
1: exactly what road it is,
0: but New, New Cross Gate was the closest um station.
1: And that's where we were. Yeah, I, I was yeah. doing my masters at Goldsmiths actually. Um, oh cool. <laughs> uh, whether I I go back or not is a different story. I mean, the world has changed so much. Right. How did you yeah. find New Cross? Did you guys see the name across in the Granby? The pubs, obviously. The, the p- Granby, yeah. I um, love the Bay. I
0: can't remember. I, it was so long ago. It was back in 1997. Like it was a really long time ago. It's a different <laughs>
1: world then.
0: <laughs> I don't remember a lot of it. Like the closest gay pub was Greenwich. Was in Greenwich.
1: Was that the Georgian Dragon?
0: Yeah, it's whatever that one pub is right by the Queen. Was it Queen Parks, Queen's Park?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the one. Gates,
0: the gates. Yeah. It's the one um, that was kind of famous um, in the Jonathan Harvey Beautiful Thing film version. That's the gay pub that they go to.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. I think I've seen that.
1: That's something I need to do. Yeah. It's, oh, my
0: gosh. Yeah. That movie's been around for a while now. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I, i my foray well you know the start of the pandemic seems so fucking long ago now and it is i guess it's going to be a long i mean it's coming up on a year right but i remember the first like my first experience moving into this sort of queer performed virtual space was on twitch and that unlike what well, that's actually not that true. But I want to say, like with Queer House Party experience was very much because it was on Zoom. There was a visibility and a reflexiveness that was happening between um, people watching. If they wanted to be on, I guess they could choose to be on, but you would see them. Now, whereas um, the drag shows, which were my sort of introduction to our moving into this queer performance space on Twitch, you couldn't see people watching But there was the chat (laughs) and the chat in itself became like this hilarious performance of people just like, I mean, calling out like they would call out like they were at the bar, like people pretended to tip. They would drop like dollar signs into the chat. They'd be like calling for like drink service and shit like that. I mean, it was it was hilarious just to watch the chat equally as well, almost as much as the performances. But I mean that's it really did start with like one or two of those hosted drag performances before it exploded into you know now it is everyone, everyone is on some is like everyone who is performing um has moved in some way, I feel, to like a virtual space.
1: It's the only way to sort of carry on doing what you love at the moment, which is a shame. Just adapting. We're very good at adapting as quiz. Um, yeah, and I was talking earlier just about the we run a strip club with uh, United Strippers of the World, which is like a strippers union. Um, and Tell me more about that. So they are a group of unionized strippers, and they've set up this workers co-op. And the whole idea behind it is like, okay, so now we're not in a physical space owned by a usually like exploitative man. We now have complete control over our working conditions. We can split all the money mm. like equally. It, they're just amazing um uh-huh. and it's just like it, it, the breakout room function of zoom now becomes somewhere where you can go for a private dance and it's just like i really like right um, you can sort of adapt zoom for so many different things uh so we we do the music for them and um mm-hmm. we, we work with them really closely and like help set that up um i mean they did all the work we were just like these uh uh-huh. this is how to use zoom
0: Uh, And do they find that that
1: using Zoom
0: instead of another
1: platform, like whether it be, I don't know if you all,
0: well, I guess you do because it's international, like Cam4, Chatterbait. I think Uh, they're trying to
1: just create something different. I mean, the whole idea of it is like they're they're like a group of dancers and they're collectives. They do like group numbers and stuff like that. So it's moving away from like the individual and it being more about mm -hmm. like a collective project, I guess. They all, well, not all of them, but some of them do camming as well. So, like, there's there's a like wide variety of sex workers that are part mm-hmm. of celebrities. But together, they're great. The politics are on point. The performances are great. I've never thought in my life I would be in a group chat with like twelve strippers. It's um, something out of the pandemic that I wasn't expecting, but I'm so so happy um, that yeah. it's happened. Um, yeah, they're great. Oh, that's so cool! Hmm. So, is
0: that um, that union was sort of specifically it's created by them and sort of managed by them? It and
1: how long has it been around? They they were like maybe a month or so after us um, that they, they okay so sort, of, sort of put it together, um, and then they they do parties every two weeks, and me Nick and Sarah and the other two DJs we sort of rotate and like do all the music for them. Um it's great yeah weird mm-hmm. weird time and like forming loads of new relationships with people, and I think the mm-hmm. other thing as well is just like I can't wait to actually be able to meet all all of these people in real life. um the day will come I know that you were um
0: well another thing that I, I saw that stood out for me about queer house party is that is the activism that's sort of involved with it. I remember you had a maybe you had a, a advert isn't the right word. Um, you did some type of like campaign about like lube and bringing lube and
1: condoms to the people. <laughs> uh, that was in uh, Lebanon. Uh, in Beirut, after the blast, there was like absolutely no access to condoms and lube. So it was like an international call out. And then we like, oh. London, but there was like, called, like different projects going in Paris. And I can't remember. But yeah, it was also really tricky to get Commons and Lou into Lebanon as well. Right. Um, but we managed it. We have got like some suitcases over, so that's cool. I think uh, organising and activism is like very central to what we do. Me, Nick and Sarah actually all met through organising um, originally around uh, migrant rights. And I specifically did a lot of work with um, queer people in the asylum process in the UK. Um mm-hmm. And that's how I um, met them both. So, yeah, it's it's kind of central to what we do. The party's also, like, hosted in an online community centre. So we use that Zoom. The reason that we have access to that Zoom is because uh, the homeless shelter that I work for, which is The Outside Project,
0: um,
1: which is a queer homeless organisation in the UK, and we sort of host the party there. So it's always been very, very central. I think... Before lockdown, we would turn up to demos with our equipment and like a mobile sound system, and we would like play Mm. those music. And that would either be uh, a demonstration where we wanted to get people dancing and like energized, but then there was one Trump demo where we, do you know, Trafalgar Square? Yeah. 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 In central London. There was just like, we got those, there was like a whole swarm of, uh, Maga people, and we just got a bunch of queers like poking behind them and <laughs> Liz and Britney. It was really dangerous, but it was really fucking were funny. They, um,
0: were they Brits?
1: Were they Mag? Were they Brit Maga people? It was a mixture, and they were convinced they were like Trump would love you. And we're just like, this isn't true. Shut up! Oh, it was a lot. Um, so yeah, we're <sighs> always, 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 always kicking off, and like if we were allowed out on the streets right now, we would be doing exactly right. the same. Um, so that's kind of central. I mean, our activism on politics and also like the commitment to accessibility that's come from this as well. And I think that's why the party is doing so well. and Our community is so strong because people do want something different. If this pandemic shown us anything, it's that we live in a very unequal mm-hmm. society and there are so many systemic issues and problems. And I'm not saying that we're going to fix that, but I'm saying that we're very, we're, we're not trying to market something. We're just providing a space but we're also very real in what we're doing and i think people that's what people want at the moment they want something genuine they don't want to be sold something um if that makes sense i hope it does yeah i mean my belief is um
0: no one thrives no everyone fucking thrives equally mm, absolutely and then like just the the disparity um in in, in, in common wealth gaps between people, it's just, yeah, it's pretty overwhelming. We just had, I just, uh, I was listening to the news this morning, and there was, there was a call out for our governor, who identifies as a white gay man, to try and distribute um prioritized distribution of the vaccine to um the people experiencing homelessness first here
1: in Colorado. But he quickly shut that down. Mm. I mean, it's gonna get really tricky now with vaccines. I think on an international level, but also um I don't know actually. It's kind of been okay so far in the UK. It's gone in a way that is surprisingly well. Um I I have one because I, I work like face to face with um people who are homeless so that's good um right vulnerable groups are all getting them first like it's fine you can't buy them yet but that time will come i'm sure Mm -hmm. um there's like maybe the one thing that our government has got right since the start of the pandemic i'm still waiting for it to go wrong but it hasn't yet right
0: Um, yeah we're just i mean we're really behind here it's very slow going um I was chatting with a friend of mine whose mother, who I believe maybe in her late 80s, maybe even 90, who um, is a cancer survivor, cannot in New York City, cannot get a vaccine. They
1: just don't have any. Um, That's really great. I think it hasn't changed anything yet. As much as I would like to now be like, I've had a vaccine, I'm fine. Like, I have to live exactly the same way. I'm just a little bit yeah. more confident going into work. I, I work in a shelter, and I also, like, work out of a hotel, hotel where lots of people have lost their accommodation and they're living. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I just know I won't get really sick, which is nice, I guess, but yeah. I can't, like, go over to a friend's house or the other things that kind of make life enjoyable. But there we
0: are. Yeah. You're making me really want a cigarette. I haven't... Oh, I'm sorry. I haven't, no, I haven't had a cigarette since probably July. I, I smoked and I just one day forgot to smoke and I just forgot to smoke for a month and then I didn't smoke for two months and I didn't smoke for three months and I'm like, I guess I quit and I didn't even mean to.
1: Oh, that's so great. I mean, I... <laughs> I'm sober and so like cigarettes is my only vice and I gave it up for a month in January I think I just Mm. one day I was like I'm fucking miserable Mm -hmm. I can I can rather my my lungs are healthy that's great but like I I'm not happy and then I had a cigarette I was like this this was the problem so my time will come where I when I give up but it's it's just not yet and I'm sorry that I'm smoking right now and you can see it (laughs) um I hope it's not too difficult
0: oh no i'm not triggered by it i i still have a pack in my freezer, <laughs> Why I, don't you know, freezer? I don't know i believe it's it's like the same thing with turn on and off original sound. I don't know why the fuck you're supposed to do it, but someone told me to do it. Yeah, I think someone I saw someone one time had a pack of freezer. I mean, had a pack of cigarettes in their freezer because they thought it preserved them in some way. So I just started doing it. I'm like
1: really bad about that shit. <laughs> I can't think for myself. Apparently, there'll be some <laughs> sense in it somewhere. I've just never heard of it. It's good you put a pack for emergencies. That, yeah, that's that's important.
0: Do you mind if I ask you how long you've been sober for?
1: Um, I have been sober now for five months, so I'm new, (laughs) which, I mean, yeah, I know it's really cliche, but I genuinely have never felt better. Um, It's real, it's true. Um, yeah, I think it is good. I think with the parties as well, like, because that's a big part of my job is nightlife, um, Before and now, it's just being able to stay on top of everything. I mean, if you add alcohol in the mix of working a full-time job and trying to run a party, Mm -hmm. DJ multiple times a week, it just gets really messy and just much healthier. Is probably Mm -hmm. the best way to put it. Yeah, I
0: don't. I'm not sober, but I don't. I don't drink anymore. anymore And I've spent many many a night where i performed in clubs or in the evenings and i just went on late and had a bit too fucking much to drink before i went on it was quite a mess <laughs> kind of
1: sometimes all part performance i mean i worked it
0: <laughs> <laughs> not when you're just like fucking falling around and then sometimes you just leave your own performance out the back door <laughs> like
1: it was like that <laughs> Um yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of people that work in nightlife. I've now found out that I choose to be sober just because when the option is always there, it's so difficult. I mean drinking culture in yeah. the UK in the US is completely different as well. Like people drink in the UK way too much. Um and in my family, mm-hmm. God, everyone's an alcoholic. I was just like, oh, I don't want to be part of this anymore. Um so I'm giving it yeah. a and I I genuinely don't think I will drink again. Um yeah, it's which is a weird one. I never thought I'd be in this position, but mm-hmm. here I am.
0: Yeah. I I choose not to be fully sober because there are things like marijuana that just has sort of <clears throat> helped me exponentially with
1: anxiety.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: When I say sober, I don't drink, Um, that's my sober, but yeah, no, I, I do understand there's, I don't, I don't, there's, I don't know, I do have friends who really struggle from not being able to stop smoking weed every day, but I don't think it's a problem for me. For me, it was just being able to drink every day Um, was the problem. Mm -hmm. And like, just taking that out of the equation just means Mm -hmm. that I'm able to get more done. And my mental health is greatly improved. Yeah. Um, what do you have what do you
0: have coming up? What do I have coming you up? A queer house party or so much. Anything else
1: you're doing? I've got a private bookings this weekend. Next weekend I'm doing Shout Festival, um which I know you were <laughs> of at one point. Um and I'm, we do we get booked to do a lot of like Student parties as well, because I think universities panic and they do have money, so they're just like, "Well, we need to do something queer um and online." So they just ask us. They're so that's good. We're
0: definitely <laughs> you're the- <laughs> I mean, you could make yourself into the go-to queer online people for a party, and then <laughs>
1: everyone will call you. <laughs> we did that. We did that in September and October with uh, like student freshers parties, and then we just fucking hated it, and it wasn't. It was, this is really bad because obviously so many people are out of work, but we were just so stressed. It was like sometimes like four or five times a week and we all Mm -hmm. like, all three of us work full time in the homeless sector. So it was just like mad. So, you know, we're turning down stuff. I'm doing stuff on the weekends and I, um, yeah, I'm only saying yes to things I want to do now, which is nice. Um, We've applied for some big funding which will help us turn warehouse House Party into an in-real-life like in real life event, but it will mm-hmm. keep the online element. So it'll be like a hybrid of in-real-life in and online space. And the reason that we think that is so important is because the range of people that come to Queer House Party, they're not even in the UK that wouldn't be able to travel to a venue. So you've got people that come in like countries where, you know, you can't, it's illegal to have a queer space. Um, and also just for access reasons, whether that's financial access or, uh, people that are in wheelchairs, there's so many different reasons that people can't actually get out to a queer space. And like Mm -hmm. for some of them, this is the first time they've been able to feel like part of a queer night. Um, so we're really, really lucky that on, I think the second or third party that we had, um, Max who's our BSL interpreter, just started interpreting some of the songs and so we like spotlighting them. And Max is really fab. Um, Could you say again, what did you say before interpreter?
0: What type of... Oh, okay.
1: British Sign Language. I got it here. That's why it didn't click with me because I, I always hear ASL. So I'm
0: like, what did you say?
1: <laughs> and then they were just signing along to some songs and then we were just like, right, we have a bit of a budget um would you come and do this for us and then they've been with us mm-hmm. every single party since and we've still mm-hmm. been able to employ someone to do audio descriptions and closed captions as well so we have like those that the, those three elements of accessibility that keep it um accessible for all and you know what i just i love the like there the, it is punk to be accessible and like it's exciting and it's radical and it's all these things that our community has been really shit at for so many years. Um, and I feel like it, it feels good to be doing something like that mm-hmm. that does consider more than just making money. Um, yeah. Because obviously access comes with a cost. But we found that actually while it comes with a cost, it opens the doors up to so many more people who can join. Um, ugh, Yeah, I've learned so uh. much and I'm so lucky that like people like Max and dot and josephine our access team that i've like come into contact with them and um they've been there the whole way they're, like basically teaching us how to put on events that aren't just for um the people that would be found in gay bars before the pandemic
0: hi friend it's me dropping into the sponsorship slot to let you know that i miss you has a patreon subscriber page and i would love your support i'm keeping it simple there's a monthly subscriber choice of five dollars and ten dollars for both you'll have access to a patrons only facebook group for connecting with myself fans of the show and maybe a guest or two also occasional drops of bonus content For $10, I'm adding this super sweet pink and white enamel pin that says, Hi friend, wear it to the grocery store, to the gym, to your COVID vaccination, or anywhere else where cool kids are wearing pins these days. Who knows? Maybe you'll meet a new friend. Your Patreon coin goes to support the upkeep of the show, which includes studio rental, gas to get to the studio, website and recording platform fees, dog treats... If committing to a monthly fee seems a little out of reach at the moment and you'd still like to support the show, you can make a one-time donation via PayPal at our website, imissyoupodcast.com. Now, back to the convo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think think what we've started (laughs) at the top of the pandemic um, in terms of technology, the way in which we interact, communicate, virtual spaces, is not going away. So, how you choose to interact with them um, is your business. But I, but I think it. I don't think we'll ever fully return to whatever it was that was pre-pandemic. I mean, I think. W- I think something has
1: shifted. Something has I was- shifted. I feel like I look like I obviously look back at like what queer spaces used to be and like who they used to be for and while we've added elements of accessibility there's something that did exist in queer spaces that was like quite revolutionary and like it came with like all of the organizing and activism that like gave us liberation and rights we have today i think like queer spaces were an integral part of that and i feel like our movement has become sanitized and our queer spaces have become sanitized and now the more we become I don't know, assimilated into society, the more everything's just become, like, hypercapitalist and horrible. And I feel like, in a way, when we come out of this, we'll go back to there being a purpose for spaces and queer spaces being radical again, and, like, places where people can, like, have radical ideas and organise. So I think that's what I want. I, I want an essence of that back. In mm-hmm. venues, I as much as I love my drag queen friends. I mean, mm. I just everything's become about RuPaul <laughs> and Drag Race, which I am watching. One, yeah. and I've got some pals on it that I'm really, really proud. I'm just happy for them that they've been given this opportunity because they're mm. fucking brilliant. But there's so much more than a queer well i don't know queer identity is just being marketed and it's like all of a sudden people are realizing Mm -hmm. they cash from us um
0: well look i mean even at rupaul's drag race i think about look how fucking long it's taken for them to even have people start to identify as trans as part of their being cast on the show or trans or non-binary i mean it was very much a gay man's business with RuPaul's Drag Race to start off with and for very very long time I mean we were fortunate um to have the transgender competitors like speak up about their identity but it was like after the fact really for the longest
1: time it was like after the show was done you know it's way behind um I think yeah it's not I think it, the the problem that I have with it is not because of its existence. I think the problem I have with it is become like the focal point of the community and it's like so many people in this country will just associate like queerness with that and it's it's just not and mm. it's not the be all and end all of like performance. Um but it's the most popular thing at the moment and I I just yeah, I want more from whatever that is <laughs> that yeah
0: I am really enjoying the the i didn't see the first u k season, but I am watching the like second u k season I'm, I'm definitely enjoying it Ugh.
1: yeah it's really and, cool. I, and
0: i kind of i stopped watching the u s drag race
1: a couple of seasons ago i have as well i can't do it anymore i yeah i think the u k one's great I just, so I used to work in like bars with like tastes. um mm-hmm a sister sister and a couple of others and it's just brilliant because i think they're amazing people and it's just nice that their their whole life has now changed and they're like gonna go on and doing amazing things and also mm-hmm. it's just the uk ones are just a bit more genuine and it feels a bit more real um and they're all just a lot nicer to each other and that might sound a bit wet but yeah
0: i would definitely
1: i would agree with you it feels to me there's a lot more heart there So, yeah, I'm watching it, but Mm -hmm. still, I feel like there's a lot more. I think with the party as well, we've been fortunate enough to not turn down in a we're better than them way, but I think a big part of what we do is, like, having a real range of performers. Um, Mm -hmm. We focus on, like, performers of colour, black performers, disabled performers, working class performers, the people that have actually been hit half in the pandemic, and then obviously we can pay them. But also, like, that's what we want to see on our screens. Um, mm-hmm. And we've had to, had to, um, we've basically been approached by some really big names. And we've been like, it's not for us. Um, And Mm. that does feel good, actually. I'm not going to lie.
0: Are you talking about big names as in performers who would like to do Queer House Party? Yeah.
1: Performers, DJs,
0: Uh, singers.
1: Yeah. And we're kind of like, no, we don't want to do that because we pride ourselves on being like a community platform and it will kind of Mm. like distract from what we're doing. Um, It's really nice to have these people reach out. And I think the other big online party, of course, is Club Quarantine. And they've sort of done the opposite to us where... They get big names and that's the reason that they exist is because um they what they're doing is obviously incredible, but they get people like Charlie mm-hmm. X and Lady Gaga And it's just like I like I'm not gonna see them in like if I put on a rave and a squat in the in London, I'm not gonna see mm-hmm. them. I'm gonna see the I wanna see the performers that I would see out and about. Um Yeah. And being able to like create, do things that way has been really important to us. Um mm-hmm and i don't know if that's a good plan financially or <laughs> anything like that but that's kind of not the reason we're doing it
0: yeah 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 i mean there's there's definitely a lot of dichotomous thinking <laughs> in there and things to consider um i was you know well this is kind of like a slight parallel it's not exa- it's not the same but i was talking to an ex boyfriend of mine who and i was just t- I was talking to him about doing the podcast and like what i was trying to do with it and kind of trying to explain it i'm like i really don't fucking know what exactly what it is but I'm kind of getting a better idea now that i'm doing it um and he said that he always wanted to do a podcast and he's like i guess i'll just have all my fa- famous friends on and he's like but i feel like everyone is doing that i was like yeah i guess yeah I mean, I guess you could do a podcast and have all your famous friends on, but why?
1: <laughs> you know, I mean, if yeah. It's already there. People are already doing it. Like, people can go and see those artists. People can hear about those famous people's lives. They can read about them. <laughs> I'm more interested in what people in my community are doing on, like, a grassroots level. I mean... That's where I think all the important organising and activism is happening. And I think that's also where Mm -hmm. fucking punk, badass performers that we get are also going to be. And uh, yeah, that's what I want to see. I think that's the problem with social media in general. I just can't follow famous people anymore. I find it really exhausting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've had enough, and like, I'm constantly being sold things. Um, I just don't want that. Okay,
0: who's one famous person that you follow that you're like, I'm never unfollowing them? They give you like everything
1: that you need on social media. I, I've, <laughs> I've got two, and these are two—literally <laughs> um, the only two people, famous people I followed—is Florence from Florence and the Machine. Okay. When I was a teenager, she was my life. and just still a little bit, but you can't tell anyone. Big secret. I'm trying to be a really cool DJ. Um and obsessed with Florence. Um, so it's Florence and then also Azealia Banks. Um, okay. Which I know is really controversial, but I fucking love her. And her music as well as something that's stayed with me since my younger years. Um, uh-huh. That's all I'm allowed. And you know what? Florence and Azealia Banks are not trying to sell me anything i'm happy but those are my two i can't actually think of anyone else and this is just fucking gold queers pretty much right Right. yeah yeah
0: and you know what god i probably shouldn't say this i'm actually not gonna name names because maybe they're maybe they'll do an interview with me so i'm not gonna name names (laughs) But there are two very famous LGBTQ publications and I just like, I had to unfollow them finally because all it was is just images of two white gay men getting married all the time, every fucking post. I'm like, I just don't need to see this anymore. It's fucking traumatizing.
1: I don't want to see it. <laughs> like, in thinking about like queer press, I mean, I so I work for the Outside Project, which is like a grassroots activist led queer homeless shelter. We also have like a DV refuge. We also opened up two emergency bed space projects in the pandemic. Basically, everyone that works there works really fucking hard in care. And we cannot get a fucking article out we opened a refuge like the first ever dv refuge for queer people um uh-huh. domestic violence domestic um um uh, and we could not get any press coverage and it's just uh-huh. exhausting it's like people could actually benefit from knowing about this and i'm not saying that my work is more important than other people's work but when you see the sort of stuff that they're constantly churning out um and, like, the party got some attention, but the the, the mm-hmm. real work that we do is, like, that sort of stuff. And I think people could not only benefit from knowing that those services exist, but also I think we need to be having these conversations about, like, why these queer services exist. And we cannot get any coverage. I mean, they actually hate us. Pride hates us. Pride in London hates us. We are constantly kicking off. So it is kind of our own fault. But... I- how do you, uh, just, what do you mean? In what way? Kicking off?
0: What's kicking off mean? Kicking off.
1: Oh, so we're, we're, we're just known to be loud mouths. Um, You know, all of the things that you're meant, you're not meant to say, but are true. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, I think if we, we just have to demand space all the time. And whether it's kicking off at the council and being like, we need money to fund this project. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fuck. Where do I even begin? There are so many things. I think we're just known for being very loud and openly calling out the queer press quite a lot, just being like, why are you doing this? I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic, Attitude in the UK did this thing where they were like, please, um, the government needs to bail out Virgin Atlantic because they've been nice to the gays. And it's like, this is not true. And also, what the fuck are you doing? Like, is at the beginning of the pandemic and the beginning of lockdown, you've chosen to highlight the fact that Virgin Atlantic might go into administration and you're calling on the government to save them. And it's just like, there are so many other things that are like real problems in our community that are affecting people in our community on a day-to-day basis. And it's not going to be the ones that are in, in attitude getting married. It's the people, queer people that are homeless, queer people in the asylum process that like can't get housing. You know, there's so many people in our community that are so oppressed and marginalized and i don't see the point in having a lgbt press if it's just focused on Mm -hmm. i don't know drag queens and people getting married that's what i mean i I don't get it i do not get it it really upsets me and they hate us and we hate them and maybe that's just how it has to be (laughs) (laughs) you can't be friends with everybody (laughs) <laughs> we try very hard to be friends with no one I think okay, we're, we're good, people really respect our work but there's like a level um, and people won't touch us, we offer like a PR for like PR reasons of course I mean and that's fine, we're trying to take up space in our own way and not down the traditional route of like oh we can't call out this corporation for acting in a way that is harmful to our community because they have really good LGBT workplace policies, and it 's kind of like no i don 't want weapons manufacturers at my pride march uh-huh. i don't want the police i don't want banks i don 't want any of these people marching at an event that's meant to well, was started to, to gain our it was started as a protest, of course, and it 's the reason that we have a lot of the rights we have today, but it's become so horrendous um And then a lot of other organisations wouldn't dare call out Pride or these corporations, but I don't really see the point in existing. If you're working as like a homeless organisation and there's so many obvious systemic reasons why our community end up in a position where they they haven't got a home. Um, And if you can't call out those reasons, it's capitalism, usually, is the one. I I I, just, I don't really see the point in that us existing if we're not also going to be like we exist for a reason. The reason is all these people on the march. Get them off. <laughs> Pride hate us as well. Yeah, we made a lot of enemies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this, um, yeah, this this podcast um, has been about reconnecting for me so far. Um, but this, this, this is sort of taking a bit of a turn into connecting and having a conversation about the way in which we're connecting in the pandemic, which I really enjoy. But I want to pose you a question, though. Um, and you can, you can, maybe you can answer it, or you don't need to answer it. But I'm curious if there is um, someone that you could reconnect with.
1: If there was?
0: Yeah, who would that
1: person be? Oh, well, that is really hard. I mean, there has been a lot of talk at the moment around like friendship breakups and like what they mean and how we should like treat them as uh-huh. uh why should we treat them differently uh, from a romantic relationship? And there should be some form of grieving process. Um, I've, I've got a very good friend that I stopped talking to a couple of years ago and it was really messy. Um, and I think about them a lot and wonder how they're doing. And you know what? I think that we stopped talking for a really good reason. I don't think we will again, but it doesn't mean that you don't miss them. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's one thing that you're looking forward to in 2021? Being able to do in real life events. That's um, that's it, really. I mean, I, I love that we're still able to DJ and play music and do all of these amazing things online, and we've been able to carry them on. But it's just not. Same, I want to be in a dingy club with like sweat coming off the ceiling, yeah, totally <laughs> I, that's what that's what I want from this year, and whether we'll get it or not, I'm not sure but, yeah, uh, I'm hopeful <laughs> Well, I feel
0: like I could talk to you for another hour, but we've been talking for an hour, and I'm sure we you have things to do, do. yeah. Yeah,
1: that that hour has completely gone by. I hope we covered everything that you wanted wanted to chat about. Yeah, I mean, I real, I had, like I said, I had no real agenda.
0: <laughs> it's pretty, it's it's a pretty informal situation with this
1: podcast. Um, no, that's totally cool. Are you, you're going to be in London, maybe you said.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping um, this summer. I'm just I'm playing a little bit by ear. Um, whether that means may isn't may need a little bit more time, June, maybe, or July. Um, I'm trying to, to work out a couple like research slash performance projects. Um, I don't know if,
1: are you familiar with Derek
0: Jarman? Yes.
1: I, 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 this in Don Have you have been to the house. Yeah. Yeah. you have seen the, yeah
0: so I did a I did a solo performance um inspired by Derek Jarman's films and I toured that in the UK maybe about like five years ago. And I want I'm trying to talk to the folks at Creative Folkstone to do a sound installation in the garden. Mm. Um but if it all comes down to it. I really don't need anyone to facilitate it. I can just go there, and just fucking do it myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And bring a filmmaker with me. It'll be fine. So, but it would be nice if they facilitated it. and Maybe just cleared the way. Maybe a little bit more. But I'm not opposed to doing things DIY guerrilla style. I'll just fucking show up.
1: I'll just show up and do it.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's that's how wow I've been doing things
1: with with. So where where would that be? Would you do the
0: it would be at Prospect Cottage
1: in Dugganess. It oh, would. Yeah. That's incredible. What a fucking weird place that is.
0: Yeah, yeah. What is it just like the the rocky pebbled beach and the that big what is it like? The power station that's, me- that's just that constant sound
1: coming in. Yeah, It's real, real dystopian. And did you, did you manage to see the what they call sounders, the big concrete structures? That's just through the caravan park. They're yes. like huge concrete. They were... I
0: don't think so. I don't think so. <sighs>
1: you will have to go and check them out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I'm trying to do that. Um, I'm talking to a couple other people about doing something...
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let me know. We get to uh, I will. meet in real life and not on the Zoom. That's that's what I want from twenty twenty one. More in real life
0: hanging yes. out. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah, thank All you right. so much.
0: Well thank you.
1: And I hope you have a good rest of your night. Yeah, I hope so too. Um I hope you have a good rest of your day. As you still have some there.
0: Oh yeah, it's it's only 1. No. PM. Yeah. 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 Time. You're very, I'm I'm not on the East Coast anymore. I'm in Denver. So I'm like two hours behind the New York City. And then that's already five hours behind you. So yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, enjoy it. Um, take care. All right. really, really great. All
0: right. Bye. Bye. Do you have any questions, feedback, or want to share a story about reconnecting? You can drop me an email at imissyoupodcast at gmail.com. Find and follow the show on Instagram at I Podcast. I Miss You is hosted, edited, and produced by me, with lots of help from the universe. This episode was recorded at House of Pod in Denver, Colorado. Our podcast graphic was designed by Ian Sklarski. New episodes are released weekly on Wednesdays. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, and show some love with lots of stars. It really helps. If you would like to support I Miss You, as well as get additional content and access to our members-only Facebook group, where you can connect and share with other listeners, consider subscribing to Patreon. You can find a link to Patreon in our Instagram bio, or at our website at imissyoupodcast.com. And finally, reach out, connect, and spread the love by telling all of your friends about our show.
1: Till next time, new friend.